0: Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to Life Refresh Podcast. You know who it is. It's Ryan Robinson. Excited and delighted that you would join with us today. Like I told you, we're going to have some more interviews. And I am blessed to be able to have my brother here, Chris Brown, in the house, ladies and gentlemen. Let me, before we get going, let me share with our audience a little bit of your background here. He's had 20 years of experience in retail, marketing and digital commerce, collaborated with many retailers, um, pioneered, actually helped out with building out what we now know as the influencer market um, and has done so many things and launched his first uh, e-commerce media company back in 2005 before there was a YouTube, before an iPhone, right? Like, hey, he's a pioneer, laid the foundation for all those things. And outside of business, he has a passion for creating, helping individuals, have financial wealth Uh, he's debt free y'all and his him being debt free has created opportunities for him to be able to serve individuals build and create more real estate investment opportunities and actually currently has a portfolio of billboards and is teaching others how to generate passive income doing the same and also he's a good brother in christ as well so ladies and gentlemen without any further ado My friend again, Chris Brown. There we go. Chris, how you doing again? Good, man. I'm blessed. How are you? I'm good. I'm good. Very good. You know, um, for those that don't know you, can you give us a little bit of background, man? How you're a little bit of an origin story. I tried to do the best I could Mm -hmm. (laughs) on your introduction, Um, but, you know, tell people, uh, really about you, man. And, and I mean, most people I know are like, how'd you get debt free and how can I help people? But, uh, get right to it, but just tell us a little bit about, you know, where you are, where you've been, where you live and all those good things.
1: Yeah, man, I, I definitely didn't start out there. That's for sure. So I'll, I'll go back to, to the beginning. I'm just a farm boy from Arkansas. So grew up and raised here, I live in Bentonville and in, in the, the headquarters of Walmart world. Um, I've been married for about 23 years. And and like I said, I didn't start out the debt-free place. I actually started out broke as a joke. I'm talking like Mm -hmm. the broke that we had two cars, one which we had to crawl in through the passenger side to get over to the driver's seat. The other one, when it rained, we actually had the back seat full of water. That's how broke we were. And we we had, when we got married, we traded those two cars in for one. So um, started out 23 years ago doing that you know, living the life, got a, a job, started getting all the stuff, buying and house and cars and, and, and accumulating that debt. So like uh, the um, the process was definitely not how it ended. So I started out with lots of debt and not knowing, having a clue what I was
0: doing. Man, that's, that's, <laughs> as a humble beginnings of foundation, right? Man. Yeah, so I mean, And one of the things I'm curious about, I'm going to ask like you, it looks like you wanted a different life than that. What was the fuel for you? Because many of my listeners are seeking what we call a life refresh, really, which is really becoming and walking in what God has purposed and designed us to be from the foundations of the earth. And a lot of that requires vision for that. So what was the fuel and motivation for you uh, when you're going on that journey? Yeah, that's a great question.
1: So I, I wanted the freedom. I wanted to really be able to live a life that I wanted to live and, and not be tied down to what others wanted me to do. Started 20 something years ago. Um, that first year after I got married, like I said, I was the negative direction. We were full, you know, in debt, had credit cards, car loans, house, mortgage, all that good stuff. And I even joined a country club. You know, the, all, the, all the good stuff you should do those first few years when you, you don't have a lot of money. But what I wanted to do was be able to do the things that I wanted to do, which was impact others and help others out. And I knew I couldn't do that if I was going to be strapped down. So begin learning and studying the principles of wealth building. Um, I actually started out, funny enough, I was driving in a car, had a cassette tape series they kind of taught the basics of getting out of debt and how to build wealth. And I started studying that I was 21, 22 years old, started listening to these and started saying, okay, I can do that. And and began that journey. So that was able, you know, the, the desire to not be um, tied down and then the desire to be able to live that life abundantly that I wanted to
0: live uh, was what allowed me to to start to pursue that. Wow. That's incredible. I think um, many of us, and I, I don't know if, if this is. I think sometimes having, um, first of all, you had cassette tapes. Now, for those who don't know what a cassette tape is, I need exactly, to uh, the uh, the Walkman is one of the uh, what do they say the most important products the world has ever had, next to the iPhone. So, if you uh, if yeah. you are interested. Uh, go ahead and it just that dates thing.
1: me a little bit doesn't it just gives me a little little date <laughs> well, like I had well, to turn my cassette tapes over at the end of the each side and flip it over and <laughs> rewind it to get it to play to the next side.
0: listen I look I already know like I'm with you I, I had the cassette tapes too and the Walkman with the cushy headphones you know what I mean with the phone so you know it's to awesome. me you know we there we there of so <laughs> my listeners may not be but if they are if they relate man Y'all there. Y'all understand. Um, But, you know, it's really hard for many people to have hope during times like that, Mm -hmm. Uh, particularly what they see is not what they are experiencing or sorry, what they see is not what they want to have in their lives. You know, Mm -hmm. Um, again, that is a journey for many people, uh, particularly if they're, you know, they don't see light at the end of the tunnel and you have all of this uh, debt and all of the circumstances and you have a heart to serve. What kept you anchored in all of that? Cause you know, there's, you know, there's all kinds of, of debt free folks and all the books and things like that. And I think there's a part where people was like, does this really work for me kind of thing? What kept you? Yeah keep you going.
1: Yeah. And, and so you're right. It's a mindset. So you gotta get the mindset right that you really want it. You have to understand why you want it and understand the bigger mm-hmm. picture. And then you have to start to believe that you have to start living that make it who you are. It's not hard. It's really not hard to get out of debt. It's really not hard to to build wealth. It's really not. It just takes time. It takes consistency. And, and it's like a lot like um, working out or losing weight. It's not hard. You eat less Work out more, you will lose weight. You will get in shape. Mm-hmm. Spending, same way. But you have to understand the mindset. And you have to understand why we actually do the behaviors that we do. So mm-hmm. money is like mostly psychology. And you start to study that and you start to understand that I had to make the decision. I didn't want the debt. I didn't want to. I wanted to build wealth. I made it a desire. I started reading. I think I read Rich Dad, Poor Dad in 2001, when it, you know, mm-hmm. early on, right after it came out started reading through all those series, started studying the ways others built wealth, the way they got out of debt, and then made a personal choice how I wanted to live. Like it, debt-free is not for everybody. Um, building wealth not for everybody. They may not want that. Um, that's okay. But the freedom that is what most people do want comes with you know a little bit of a cost, which is just being consistent, making a decision to do it, and then following through on those decisions. It's small practices every day. It's little habits. It's the, mm-hmm. I don't need to have a... A coffee out, or for the first few years of our marriage, I didn't have we didn't have cable television in our house. You know, so there are some choices you have to make of what's important, what's not important, and was it inconvenient maybe? But once you realize, you know, you start doing it, you don't even realize you don't have it or don't need it. And so I think it's just once you make the choice, what are you willing to do to to make that happen, and then to follow through with it, and it's just those little things, and then. You know, make sure your spouse is on board so you're not fighting each other. That's a big help. Mm-hmm. Uh, my, my wife did a great job of that, of, of being on board and understanding because she had a desire to stay home with children eventually. So, you know, part of our plan was she would we both work. She was a school teacher and I was in sales and, and she was going to work till she had our first chi- first child and then she wanted to stay home. So we actually worked hard and diligently saved, literally saved every one of her paychecks for five years. And said, look, wow. we're just going to pay your pay us that. So when you do stay home, we could pay ourselves back just like you were getting a paycheck. And so that was one of the things we did. So a little discipline. So it does. It just takes a plan. It takes a little bit of having a guide, someone to show you how to do it if you don't know how. And then it takes just the action and discipline of doing that and, and understanding that, hey, if I continue to do this, it will work. It just takes a little bit of time.
0: Hmm. Man, that's incredible, first of all. I, I, mean, I keep saying that. Because most people, at least what I've seen, is that it's just so far away for people that they're like, I'm not even going to do this. Or they think they need to get a higher paying job with the mentality that they had when they were. That started the debt. <laughs> yeah You know what I'm saying? No, yeah, you're right. The, the
1: bigger job or bigger income, you know, it's a shovel, right? It, it definitely helps if you're digging a hole to have a better shovel or, you know, sharper axe if you're cutting down the tree. But mm-hmm. you've got to start somewhere. Most, what most people do is actually they get the bigger job and their spending goes up. So you have to have the mindset right beforehand. For the first several, so first year was totally in debt, had a lot of debt, didn't know what I was doing but made a decision after that to to start really working on that. And so once we started to to get that plan of action, lay those out, it's pretty simple steps. It's like you list them in order. You start to pay off the highest to the lowest or the lowest to the highest so that you get psychologically, you get wins. So the lowest debt first, you pay that off. Then you move to the second one. The money stays in the system. But what happens is you can't pull money out of it. You got to keep letting that snowball work. And it really does work because you start paying off one after another. So you pay off one credit card with $100 a month or whatever it is, and you put the $100 on the next thing, that snowball starts to end up being bigger and bigger. So when you end up on your car and you're paying a $500 car payment plus the two or 300 that you had from the other debts, you're paying $700 a month on that car payment. It doesn't take as long to pay off. Most people don't realize that you can only get in so much debt that you should technically be able to pay off Everything that you have in about eight years, including a mortgage, eight to ten years, and people don't realize that it's based that's on really your scores and everything and the amount of debt to income limits. So everybody can get out of debt; it's possible. Most of it comes back to what your spending is and your and your choices you're making on what's the outputs. Hmm.
0: Man, I I think that's a a very many of us will sit there and think like it's that easy (laughs) you know (laughs) and it's it is the 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 we call the fundamentals is are the same right it's the blocking the tackling Mm -hmm. the uh the catching if we're playing football you know like those things right but putting yourself in position are the items that are probably the most challenging for individuals you know and Um, you know, I think it's important for us as individuals who are looking to walk in their purpose to understand these ways to be able to be free to do things like what's in your heart to do. And as you were going on that journey and and becoming that free and paying things off, had the appetite to really serve people. Um, in a very unique way. Was that always there? Or as you became more free, the want to give and serve people started to make itself more apparent to you.
1: So I think it's a little bit of both. I think, you know, you have to have, like my heart had to be generous and want to give. That's a principle. Like I believe in, in tithing and in, in giving and in generosity as a whole, but that's in you at the little and that's in you at the lot and it has to stay consistent, mm-hmm. right? That doesn't change. If you say, oh, I'll give when I have, doesn't work like that. You've got to give from mm-hmm. the beginning when you don't have, because that's the behavior that you'll build into you that you say, okay, this is who I am. I'm a giver. Mm-hmm. I am a financially frugal person or independent person or you know, wealth. I'm going to be wealthy. That's a mindset mm-hmm. thing. So becoming generous, you have to kind of do that at the beginning so that you can serve. Now, it does make it easier to choose to serve other things when you have free time or you have extra resources, but I think that's why you know, we want to do it. It's so fun. Like the, the reward on the backside that I have been able to been blessed with is to be able to give. I mean, I don't, we don't tell many people like what we do on that, but it's really fun when you can go pay someone's rent or mortgage cause they're behind and they're struggling and they're about to get evicted and you can just go take care of it anonymously. And you, you pay that, um, buy someone a car. Like that's a real joy when you can talk to your child about that as, Hey, we're buying this person a car, the single mom that doesn't have a way to get to her work. And now this is going to offer her the opportunity to break that cycle of poverty because she has transportation that's reliable. So she can do that. Being able to give like that is life changing for the giver. You know, everybody says, Oh, it's about the person that receives it. No, it's about you being able to actually give and, and to have that heart of generosity to realize that we're all just, um, broken people. And we've been shown so much grace that it's one of those things that it's our privilege and our, and our job to, to extend that back out to others. And so once you're able to do that, it makes it a lot easier and it's a lot more fun.
0: Man, that's incredible! I can't, I can't keep saying incredible. That's all like, I, I would, and I, and, and many people, I know they have a heart to do it, right? Like as they've grown. And again, if, if, if you have experienced and want to serve and, and care for people, again, this is something that it's a heart thing, right? That your mm-hmm. heart has to be in the right place in order to be able to be generous like that. And, and you know, God always talks about, you know, having a soft heart and being generous and always being a pastor. Cause none of this is ours, right? None of this none. is, We're just uh, stewards. we are just managers. That's <laughs> of, right of these resources that we've been given Um, a question. What do you think keeps people from being extravagant givers? What's that mindset as you established, like, Hey, I wanted to be a giver from jump. Some people may start out that way, but then circumstances may change their mindset. So what keeps them from actually getting that, giving that flow or being that conduit to be able to bless people um, like you've been able to give?
1: Well, one, it's a heart thing, right? So it comes back to what's in your heart and whatever mm-hmm. will flow out. So it's if your heart, if, you're, if you believe in abundance and you believe there's plenty and you've, God's going to take care of your needs, then you're open to help others. Some of it's just good old blocking and tackling, like you said, like, am I a good steward of what I've been given or am I, can I delay self-gratification? You know, our country, our, this, this generation, this time, people are not very good at delaying self-gratification or, or delaying mm-hmm. that self-gratification. They want everything now. We live in that microwave society that I need it now. I mean, you got to stop at a Starbucks every time you drive by one. You got to go out yeah. to eat four times a week. Like I didn't do that for a while you know, those were, those were luxuries and you had to kind of understand that. And so being able to delay some of those, I bought furniture for my house, one piece at a time over months, not like I needed the whole thing to look good and I'd have it. We went and bought one piece at a time, you know, and then, so you had the chair and you had the couch and the dining room, you had each piece. And so the house took a year to fill up. Um, And that's, that's a choice. You have to kind of make that, but that allows you then to say, look, that's just becomes who you are. And what you're going to do is, is be able to do that in other areas. So I'm not constrained by resources. And so then I feel the abundance that I can then share. And I think that's important for people to do.
0: Yeah. You know, you, you, um, correlated it to working out, having, um, carbs in versus carbs out, Mm -hmm. you know, and, uh, many people want that quick weight loss pill. Mm-hmm. <laughs> that you know that like oh i'm just gonna lose weight all of a sudden and even that takes time you know to to get there um bible says that uh no oh no man but to love him <laughs> so right. um I'm, I'm i'm incredibly uh inspired really because many people have thought that financial freedom is something that's for everyone else except for me, mm. and uh, it's not true. It's it, I think that's a lie that people digest a lie from the enemy that really helps them stay where they yeah. are. Uh, right. Particularly when you said paying off a mortgage and paying off a house, people are like, "What? That's like hundreds of thousands of dollars." Well, yeah. and it's know. and
1: it's not it's not a well. If I made a lot of money, then I could do that. That's not the case. Mm-hmm. It's. Because they won't loan you X amount of dollars based on your income, you can pay the income
0: off or the the loan off based off that. I think uh, for individuals that say they want financial um, wealth, um, it seems that you already had a plan for what you're going to do. And with your experience in this influencer market and kind of on the ground floor of what that actually looked like, um, how were you able to, to share, especially as you're going through uh, the financial freedom, build something that actually speaks to serving other people. And how did you get into billboards (laughs) as a, as a response to that?
1: Yeah. So, you know, billboards were just a vehicle. So I was, I've done real estate. I bought my first uh, investment real estate property in 2004. So I was 24 years old. I bought my neighbor's house. So it wasn't like I went out, was looking for a bunch of things. They had a house that was sitting there. Uh, Built, you know, I bought that from them. I flipped it, made $10,000 in a month. I was like, mm. wow, this is more than I make in a couple of months. Right. So that was one of those that I was like, okay, there's something to this. So, started studying it, started buying other real estate deals, started really focusing in on that. Billboards is just another real estate play. It's another way to do that. Um, My company um, that I run in my local market here is called Signs of Good. So I own billboards, people advertise on the billboards. It's a pretty simple business and that's what I kind of teach people. It's like anybody can do it, it's not that hard. Um, I don't have any tenants, no toilets. I don't have to sell anything to friends and family. So that's a nice nice place to be. Um, but what's cool is my billboards, the name of them is actually, my company is called signs of good. And so what we are able to do is we're able to take that advertising that people do and then turn around and help try to break the cycle of poverty through Mm -hmm. other local nonprofits. So we give back to food insecurity to feed the hungry, to single moms, to, um, orphans, foster, um, and and adoption, those kind of things. So we're trying to take care of the community. So the, the advertising dollars that I turn around and I'm able to help back in the local community
0: wow that's is is and that's one thing i think most people like almost forget that billboards are still a huge revenue driver for multiple businesses these days the the ones i see are um uh lawyers <laughs> lawyers yeah. when they if they get in an accident or uh something like that but if you go into a place like um you know a larger city um, like, uh, LA or New York, um, there's digital billboarding, there's all kinds of things like that. So, Mm -hmm. um, is, is as we have progressed technologically in different places, how have you seen billboarding, whether it change, evolve, um, and, uh, why is it such a forgotten piece of real estate these days?
1: So, so a couple of questions in there. So yeah, definitely lots of yes, versions totally of loaded. it. So I, I have, you know, I have digital billboards. I have good old fashioned static billboards on the highway that are, they're made of steel. Um, mm-hmm. And the advertisers range and it is a local, it's national, it's a little bit of everything. So that's a, a great thing. And it's a media that no one can, can change. So you think about your options when you're driving in the car, you may be listening to a podcast one day, the radio sports talk, the next, the XM sa- Sirius satellite the next day. You can change any of those. you got a lot of options. You can't change billboards. They're going to stay there whether you want to change them or not. You can change your television station. You can change a lot of things. And you got a lot of options out there, but you don't have any options when it comes to billboards. The reason you don't hear about them very often is it's actually controlled by just a handful of people. So Mm. most people don't know about billboards because that's not something people talk about building because it's kind of a closely held secret. And I kind of feel like the magician as I'm about to roll out this course and teaching others how to do it because magicians don't share their tricks, right? That's part of the thing is you right. don't share what goes on on behind the scenes. And so, but I feel like it's such an opportunity. It's been a great path for me and one of the vehicles that I've used to build wealth that I want others to do that as well and have that opportunity so that they can be givers and can be, um, become financially free. So it's, it's not been talked about. It's not one of those out there because it's, it's really owned and controlled by a handful of, of major corporations, your Lamars, your Outfronts, your CBS medias, those kind of things. And they don't want anybody to know how to do it. So it's not like real estate that changes hands all the time. Um, it's, it's one of those, if you know, they're kind of the rule in the billboard business. You'll never just own one billboard. Once you own one, you're going to want to own others because you go, oh, this isn't a bad deal. So, you know, I, I went from zero to 30. in a a couple of years so it's like how do you go to to own those and especially when you're you know it's just like a door whenever you own real estate um multifamily or single family whatever and you have cash flow coming in or rent coming in and then i put up a sign or i digitally put out a sign and then the advertisers pay and then if they don't i can take them off and that's really the headache i have and it it's a great business to be in
0: wow so it's incredible I'm, i'm just gonna you're walking us through your story, man, and this is incredible. So you went from debt-free to uh, signs of good—a business that, uh, in an area that is completely uh, controlled and very siloed, like you said, like no one really—I don't think about it. I'm like, oh man, it's a billboard there. But you're absolutely right; it's such a an important static piece that you can't change because it's just you can't miss it. You know, Uh, you literally can't miss it. (laughs) Um, Is there a um, so for those who are looking and and I want to get into your course here in a bit, but I want to kind of talk about this niche you've you've had and found when it comes to building a business, because not only, you know, are you debt free, but you also have built a sustainable business that is creating income for you in an area that very many people are not privy to that kind of information. And now you're, you're sharing the the tricks that make the things go uh, through your course. If someone is out there who's listening is looking to get into a business that may not necessarily be uh, advertised highly. um, what, What were some steps that you, what if you can kind of give us a few clues As to what those kind of steps may be, whether they're looking to get into like, I don't know, auto mechanics or doing something that can create some passive income. What were the steps that you walked through to find a particular niche that uh, has garnered you to continue to create the wealth and stay debt free and be able to impact people?
1: Yeah, I think you have to just, one, be open, right? Your mind has to be able to look. And and one of the things that I tell people is when you focus on things, they start to appear. You know, what I was taught a long time ago, it's called the reticular activating system. We've all know about it. We just don't realize we know about a reticular activating system. It's in our brain. But the minute you buy a new car, let's just say you start looking at a new car and it's just a red. Uh, Mustang. Let's just call it that. And, and all of a sudden now you're driving, you start to see red Mustangs everywhere because your brain's picking up and looking for it. So that's one of those things that you don't even realize like, Oh, it starts you start to pick up on things. So when you're looking for a business, I think that's the same thing is what is it you want? Why do you want certain businesses? You want kind of a dream business, something that's dependable and reliable, and it brings in steady income that you're not having to uh, have trouble scaling that you're consistently worried about going up and down. You know, service businesses are great. But they can also be challenging. So how do you, do you want into the services? Is, is hospitality your thing? Um, if you wanted to run a restaurant or something like that, but looking at the overall business and how it operates, I think you just got to look and start digging into find someone that's doing it. What you think you want to do, go work for them, go learn. I tell people all the time, like I, there's times I would just go learn a business just to learn it. And just because I was interested in it, maybe you go take a job and you give them six months or a year of your time to learn and, and decide, you may decide, I would never want to be in this business again. So I think there's plenty of information out there. I think it's finding something you like, that you enjoy, that is profitable. Uh, we often overlook that. A lot of times we think we want to get into businesses, and then we realize these aren't very profitable. So why am I doing all this work? And I think, as you know, one of the things I started studying early on was there's, there's a couple of things that Rich Dad Poor Dad taught in, in the book, um, or Cashflow cash Quadrants, You know, there's, is do you want to be an employee? or self-employed, a business owner, investor. And you start to look at those different things and you go, a lot of people start a business and they actually just move from an employee to self-employed, which is just they own their job. It's the same thing, it's not an actual business, it's just they're self-employed. So they still have to work for somebody, still have to show up for their hours, still have to do the work, and that becomes just a self-employed. Now you can make a little bit more money, but you have a lot more responsibility. What we really wanna do is start building business systems which is then when you move into that business ownership. So that's what I look for now. When I buy businesses or when I buy properties or when I buy or start something, I want the business system that I don't have to be in it every day. I may help. I may help start it. I may run it. The billboard business that I use, I do about two to four hours a month on. That's all the effort I put into it. And it, and it runs itself. So I think what it is, is you want to have that kind of Business and/or be an investor into that kind of business, so that they run themselves. I can pull myself out. All of it's automated. I have an accounting. I have um, the operations done. I have the creative done. I don't do all that work. I, you know, it's kind of sells itself because I put a number on the sign. Um, It's one of those type things. I can make some phone calls if I need to. I drive around look for places. I I look for different things. But that's one of the things I would say is understand what kind of business it is, understand do you want to be a business owner and and really run a business where it's a system that you own that if you could pull yourself out, that business would still run. That's the great thing about billboards. Today, I could sell any of my billboards, the whole billboard thing for multiple, multiple millions of dollars based on the multiple of revenue that's coming in. That's a business that sells whether I'm there or not. They don't need me to continue on in that business. A lot of businesses, they need the person that's there to continue to run it. And that's a different, that's again, that's a job.
0: God. Man, you are giving us some clues here, man. This is great. This is great stuff. Um, I'm taking notes. Honestly, like <laughs> you can't even see me. I'm like, I'm, I'm taking some notes here. Um, incredible, incredible. So, one of the things I, I want to get to, I want to get to your course. I want you to get, I want to get to your course because, um, you know, I'm in the. Is, is Arkansas considered Midwest still? South
1: Midwest, it's it's right right there on the line of both. It, it falls into Midwest. I mean, I'm 30 minutes away from Missouri, 30 minutes from Kansas, 30 minutes from Oklahoma. So I'm, but we're in the SEC, yeah. so I'm I'm the South. Right.
0: <laughs> well, you know, big ten baby all day. Um, <laughs> we can talk offline. Um, yeah. So, uh, well, in the Midwest, there are a lot of billboards. That are um, between cities, there's a lot of land and and opportunities to be uh, sold to and shared uh, some products and services. So through what your course is going to help individuals understand that level of business. So explain to us kind of what that course looks like um, and then kind of what, you know, is it, is it possible for someone to really uh, leverage that for some financial blessings and opportunities to be able to be an extravagant giver like yourself?
1: Absolutely. Again, and what I love about billboards is, is you can start out as simple as possible. You know, one of the questions I always get is, well, how do I get started? What would I do? You know, and how much do I need? Is it super expensive? And billboards, you can range from $200 to buy a billboard, to two hundred fifty thousand dollars or five hundred thousand dollars. So there is a range of stuff. But um, four by four post and a piece of plywood from Lowe's is a way to start. That's a billboard. Like you could put up a sign, right? And and anybody can right. do that. Um, all the way up to the big digital billboards um, in the big cities or downtowns or whatever it may be, the ones on the highway that you're talking about in between cities and the big steel structures. So I have a little bit of everything: steel structures, digital boards. And so it just takes you understanding and, and doing that. It's an insider's game. It's really not a fair place. Like I said, it's kind of a secret marketplace. But if you have a guide, someone to show you how, once you understand the basics, you can definitely scale that up from one to 20, 30 boards over time. It doesn't have to be in a big city. The rural areas that you're talking about are actually the best places, I think, to grow and scale businesses. So don't think mm. you're downtown New Yorks or, or you know Manhattan's or LA's, that's not what we, we what we want we actually want the rural you know midwest cities southeast cities mm-hmm. um that kind of stuff makes a really good place to start
0: wow that's inc- that's a new again you would you wouldn't think about that like like oh i you know i, I don't know how many times i've driven down um, the highway and may have seen the same uh same billboard like hey wendy's exit 70 something uh, yeah, or whatever the case is, uh, and, those and they're are just static, paying them monthly. Right? No,
1: yeah, that's just a static. They're paying them thousand, two thousand, three thousand dollars a month per sign.
0: Wow, because that Wendy's isn't going anywhere. <laughs> no, as long as it's by that highway, people are that's get right. their Food now. Mm-hmm. Um, is there a particular um, as you're going through that process of of getting into? the insider's game of, um, of billboarding, is there a particular, um, business like food or commerce or legal that you find are more successful? Or is it just kind of like, Hey, you know, these are the ones that people, people are interested, people are going to buy it and that's it.
1: Yeah. I mean, I, I think it's businesses that want more customers. That's who advertises, right? The good businesses that actually understand they want to make, you know, advertising or marketing is to make known. And so if you want mm-hmm. to make your business known advertising is a way to do that. And billboards are a great way for that. You know, it's, it's one of those, again, you can't turn off. It's always on. Um, it, it's out there. So there's a little bit, you see the ones that have bigger budgets that spend regular your furniture stores, your car dealerships, your banks, um, your lawyers, your different ones. But, you know, I have some of those that have been on with me eight, 10 years, the same clients, like you're saying that that mm-hmm. Wendy's has been up or whatever it may be the heating and air places. They do a lot of business. The mm-hmm. insurance agents do a lot of business. So it's not something that's hard. It's not something that you're out having to pitch every day. Um, Especially, you know, the static boards are normally on a year lease. So they're year to year or two year leases. So you start to put those up, but makes it makes it a fun game when Almost everybody
0: is a potential client in your market. Right, man, that's incredible. Gosh, why I keep saying it's incredible. Um, that's really cool. <laughs> Let's use a different word. Um, so another question for you in regards to uh, the billboarding business: Is there any uh, are there are there any places of real estate you can actually take over and actually build your own billboard now these days or? Or is it just the existing infrastructure of billboarding that you've been able to build a business from? Uh, That's another great question because there's buildings now, particularly as a result of the pandemic, that downtown businesses, there's walls that are, I'll say brick walls on some buildings downtown that you can put. I've seen Apple put a huge banner whenever a new iPhone comes out Mm -hmm. that they put on something just down the street. So. Is it generally something that, hey, I can take my current real estate, turn that into a billboard? Or do I have to put something up or do something that's traditional in that way?
1: Uh, All of the above. So I think you, I've acquired, I've Mm -hmm. bought, I've um, leased land, I've owned my own land, I've built new structures. So I have a mixture of all that. So I think it's all open. I think it's understanding the right game to play in your market and where you can play that that's the hardest part that's where you need a guide to kind of walk you through that is to understand okay what does it mean where can i do this how does that work because there's a lot of behind the scenes stuff um, that you want to make sure that you address and have done up front the work on otherwise you can get yourself in trouble and it's not a fun place for people that if they want to put something up and they get it up and they realize they can't and they got to tear it all back down that they just they just did that luckily i haven't had that but i've seen it happen and Lots of people are like, oh, I'll just go put this up. It's like, no, that doesn't work that way. You have to understand the game and understand the rules. And But everyone has them. They're, the rules are clearly established. And some make it easy, some make it hard. Uh, it's not a game that everybody can play. Um, it's not endless like you know traditional real estate. It's probably a little more opportunity because there's so much single-family homes. And so this is a, a little bit more of a niche, but it's a great place to play because once you get it, there's not a 1,000 other people trying to play in the space. Mm-hmm. And that's something with the course. Like I'm not... This course isn't going to be for 1,000 people a year. I think, it's going to be for 20 I to 50 people a year. Your course is
0: really going to help unlock a lot of opportunities. That's the goal. Oh, for the- That's the, the uh, goal. Your course? I'm super intrigued. I know we talked about it before, but this is something that I think your course is really going to unlock a lot of opportunities for individuals who want to, um, who see something they see every day and don't understand all the intricacies behind it. So uh, I'm excited about um, your course and and what that's going to turn into. I have one more question for you. And then before we get off, I want to make sure we get all your information for those who are interested in learning this business from you, contacting you. So we'll make sure we get that um, at, at the conclusion of this last question. And my last question for you, is now that you have, uh, have the financial wealth, you have um, created a very sustainable and lucrative business. And through that business, you've been able to bless individuals with the things that they need that we've been uh, really commanded to do is to utilize our resources to bless someone else. How has your faith uh, contributed in all three of these aspects, not just in the fact of like, hey, this is what you're gonna do, the not the doing, mm-hmm. but the being person. Yeah. Cause it sounds like this journey for you has really transformed you as a human being. And honestly, you can't have anything. Uh, you, all these things can take you if you don't have your hope place in the right mm-hmm. place. So how has that uh, journey been for you uh, with your faith walk? Yeah.
1: Great, great question, and I think it's so important that we have to realize all of it's God's, like the money, the people, the stuff. It's it's all His, right? Like we don't really have anything; we just steward the stuff that's here while we're here. And so, I think what we have to realize is that we're not here to consume; we're here to serve others and to love others first and foremost. And I think if our heart's that right and and is focused on that, then all these other things will flow. So it's a daily abiding it's understanding that I need to be close to my father and I need to be close to his word and what he says. And when I do that, the other stuff will flow. It's my past and my history. Actually, I, I actually didn't always do that. Well, I was pretty egotistical, pretty selfish and driven and kind of left awake of bodies behind me as I was climbing for a little while. And I think that's important that we understand that no, the change and the transformation of our heart, is what then will allow us to be and live in that fulfilled life. And so the money won't make you fulfilled. Money does not bring happiness, does not bring joy. It makes a lot of things easier and you can do a lot of things with it. But your heart has to be healed and you have to be whole, which you know, there's a lot of stuff. We've all been wounded, um, us as guys and and ladies out there that we have to understand that we've been wounded in our past by others and, and we need to have some of that healed up so that the insecurities don't come out so that we're not wounding others. And I think that, Mm. that, abiding relationship and that spending time in the word and understanding that that God cares, he knows me, he cares about me. He listens to me and then letting him be our guide, right? Letting him be who I, who I follow and who I get all my worth from. I don't need anything. I can't add anything else. It's all been paid for. It's all been finished. I just need him. And that's it. And I think once we do that, it's a lot easier, um, to walk those paths, you know, and I think, we need guides in our life. I was actually working out in the barn. This can be related to billboards. This could be related to um, our walk with God. It can be related to anything. I was, I was working out in my barn. So I have a barn outside. I have a little CrossFit gym in And I'm doing a workout. And this little hummingbird flies out. It's in the middle of the summer. And I have two garage doors, one on each end. They're both up. This little hummingbird. It's a beautiful little green and red hummingbird. You know, they're tiny if you've never seen one in person. And they're just flapping their wings a million miles an hour flies in he flies up to the rafters. He's up in the ceiling and he's going back and forth and he's just wearing himself out back and forth, back and forth. He's hitting his head on the walls. He's hitting his head on the wood. He's like stopping. He finally stops, sits down. He's just panting. And I'm like, Oh, it's like 95 degrees in the summer here. And it's about 115, you know, heat index. And I'm like, he's not going to make it keeps going back and forth. So I go grab the feeder that we have. Cause we actually feed hummingbirds here and, and I go, get that hummingbird feeder and I put it up in the rafters. I get on the ladder, I climb up and I put it up there. After a few minutes, he finally sees it and he sits on it and rests, gets a drink and gets that refreshing uh, water. But he takes off again, back and forth, back and forth. So what I eventually do is I start to lower it down. I actually take that hummingbird feeder every few minutes and lower it down. He sees it and lands on it. And then he he goes right back up, back and forth, back and forth, back and forth. I lower it down. Down to the ladder. I, I get it down finally lower than the garage doors where he could see out on either side. He lands on it, gets a drink, takes right back off up into the, under the roof. I'm like, man, I've been out here for 30 minutes with this hummingbird. And he's going back and forth and back and forth. Finally, I lower that down a little bit lower. He comes back down. I mean, we're talking, he's got clear sight. Either way he can get out. He finally flies out. He has freedom. How many times in life are we the hummingbird? How many times are we up in those rafters and we're beating our head side to side and we can't figure it out. We're like, well, where in the world I'm trying to go this way, trying to go that way. But what he needed was a guide. He needed someone to help him slowly. It wasn't a fast process. Like it wasn't a one minute thing. I spent and invested 45 minutes in this hummingbird coming down from the rooftops. But how many times do we need a guide, someone to show us, maybe it's how to do billboards and build wealth, get out of debt. Maybe it's those. Maybe it's somebody that needs to tell us and help us heal our hearts or or get some of that woundedness um, healed up and, and become less selfish and become those things. And then maybe that's Jesus. Everybody needs that, right? Everybody needs that, but maybe we, we all need that guide. Someone that will come alongside and lower that down for you, give you a drink of water, refresh you, show you around the corner that you cannot see, give you insight into the areas that you can't see We need coaches. We need mentors. We need people in our lives. We need community to do that. So I bet, you know, as I was looking at that, that hummingbird, I related to that hummingbird. I'm sure a lot of our listeners, your listeners out there can relate to that. Are we the hummingbird? Who are we looking to as our guide? One, is it Jesus? And then two, do I have other guides in my life that are helping me in all those areas, the financials, the spirituals, physicals, all those things, we all need that. So, you know, as you think about that, Are you the hummingbird that's back and forth and who are you going to be the guide? Who are
0: you going to have as your guide? Do you have a guide? Chris, there's nothing to be said. man. That is, that's a perfect way to close out this interview, man. Chris, man, thank you so much for being on the life refresh podcast. And it's amazing you use refresh and I, I, you know, you might be a preacher, man. That was, that was really good. Um, Man, so if someone is interested in, in getting into your course, following you, getting more information, how can they find you?
1: Yeah, I think the first thing is, is just see if it's right for them, right? Like, I don't know. Maybe it's not the right thing. Maybe there's another area. But I have on my website, I have a, a guide. To, it's a kind of a playbook to see if the, um, passive income through billboards is right for them. And you can just check that out at wantmore.org. So like you want more money. Dot org. So wantmore.org dot org. And there's a free guide for them to take a look at it. Good check checklist on that to see if it's fits their personality or what they like to do or what they're wanting to do and their goals. And, and if those two fit, love to be a part of that if I can help in any way.
0: Awesome. We will make sure that that link is in the show notes uh, so that we'll be able to get that. We'll make sure to also have um, Chris's other information listed there as well. Well, ladies and gentlemen, thank you guys for listening in. I hope that this podcast blessed you. And in the meantime, we'll catch you in the next pod.